Welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. Thank you guys so much uh, for checking us out on our, our five shows a week uh, spree that we're getting ready to do. I appreciate you guys. We've got a really good one for you tonight. But let's start off with some sponsors. Of course, we have Lorenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And my friend, my main man, my partner on the show, TopLobster.com. For all your wonderful graphic needs, check out his website. You can get this awesome Epstein Didn't Kill Himself shirt that I'm wearing tonight uh, for 10% discount if you use BTC at checkout, of course. And our uh, executive producers, AnthemPlanning.com, for all your emergency and crisis needs. Definitely check them out. See what they can do for you today. Wonderful people. Guys, I am stoked. We have an awesome show going for you today. I've been trying to get this one off for a while. He is the, the man behind Black Guns Matter and, and one of the most badass libertarians you're ever going to meet. He he is Mr. Maj Ture. How you doing today, sir? Hey, what's up, man? How y'all feeling? Oh, you good? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. You know, I, I can't complain. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. For sure, man. I appreciate you for having me. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Uh, so so let's just start off with Black Guns Matter, man. This is a this is a really important movement that you started. Uh, you've done a lot of work. What What is Black Guns Matter, and why did you start it? Um, Going into, like, the 2016 elections, me and my, my partner at the time saw a lot of... Um, Everybody's saying, you know, we need a license to carry drive. Excuse me, we need a voter's registration drive. We need a voter's registration drive, voter's registration drive. Which was, okay, cool, I feel that. But then we jokingly, but not so jokingly, also said, yo, we need a license to carry drive. And so we did this event in Philly, you know, we called it Black Guns Matter, and all of these people came from all over, like, different cities. And we noticed that there were so many questions about fi lawful firearms ownership. And in doing so, we just basically said, like, yo, this is something that we should actually do. Like, this is something that this is a, a, a problem that, that we can fix with just some information. So we did it and we just kept steamrolling. Initially, we were going to be like um, 13 cities, like the first 13 original colonies. The number 13 has some very good metaphysical um, properties to it. it. It represents the number from the transformation from the physical to the spiritual that's why it's always like the 12 nights and then king arthur like the 12 months and then you know fucking the new year you know like the 12 disciples and 13 makes jesus type shit so anyway we thought that was cool so we had an initial goal um we wanted to make the classes free to everyone and our initial goal was like 25 grand and we did that and every time that we hit a new goal more people would email us like yo that's crazy you know you didn't even come to our town you know, we need you to keep doing this work. And so it just started to snowball. And in essence, what Black Guns Matter has turned into is more so than just an organization, it's more just so just like a like a like a movement. It's just people that see that gun control is not, not only is it um un American, um it's it has roots, deep roots in racism, like actual racism, not like you wore a red hat or I disagree with you, so you're racist bullshit, but like an actual racism. Like um so we just it just kept snowballing. And um, what I've noticed in the last, uh, in traveling around the country over the last now five years, it's time to really concentrate and get make everybody get kind of local again. You know what I'm saying? And local in a good way. I, I've noticed a lot of people saying like, oh, he's, a, he's local. You know, we global, not local. Like even making that the slang, like that shit is cool. You know, when the power is at the local level, when you, when you, when you grow your own groceries, or fruits and veggies, and then have the ability to cut out the middleman, i.e., cut out the need for the state and you know the centralized money supply. I mean, we don't we don't generally put those things together, but and with Black Guns Matter, all of these things started to kind of like mesh together. Local laws, you know, unchecked, unconstitutional shit starts to spread into federal shit. So we inadvertently turned into um, a movement based on 
just supplying an answer to, or a solution to something that the people needed. And, um, and it's been a wild five years. I've been like, I don't even know how many times I've been across the country at this point. But it's been a very good ride, and I'm very appreciative. Right now we have a goal, uh, you know, and the goal has always been people saying you should raise the goal up to this. Now we've raised, I think, about maybe $428,000 and given it away. Sure. I'm saying like, that's the that's the real flex is that we gave it away. Like we gave all of the money away. Like I have to say that sometimes because people be like, well, you got rich off of Black Guns Matter. I'm like, first of all, your definition of rich is very relative. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, number two, um, it's not sitting in the account. It, we already spent it, you know. And so to be able to say, you know, we did the right thing and informed a lot of people. And we had a stated goal of making the black community. Turn that off real quick. Making the black community, which is the target of this racist practice of gun control, making them the largest gun buying demographic. That was one of our stated demographic. That was one of our stated goals in the beginning. And as of like March 2019, that we did that. So now it's time to shift that into this is where the homicides start happening when they come try to kill you. Now it's time to turn it into political power, you know, which is OK. We got everybody to buy guns. Now, everybody that buys guns from that demographic, um, that's the largest gun buying demographic. Imagine if all of those people switched to libertarian. True. You know what I'm saying? So that's pretty much what Black Guns Matter is and was. And um you know, we'll see where it goes after 2022. Sure, sure. You talk, you talk some about racism and and, and gun control, right? And uh, we hear we hear this term systemic racism quite a bit, right? And and I don't think I think 90 percent of the time people have no fucking idea what they're talking about when they say systemic racism. Like this is what systemic racism is. It's these laws right. that were built into the very fabric of this country to uh, keep certain ethnicities down and and to make sure that they can be controlled easier. So so can you talk a little bit about like you know Jim Crow era gun laws and how how that has affected the black community? Yeah, we ain't even got to go even that far back. We can. So it's a trick bag. Those guys that say systemic racism have a point, but the found the national founding documents like the Constitution and the Bill of Rights don't support that point. Right. Which is how people that are kind of bigoted kind of like get get away from it. Right. That's the all that's the beauty of like certain types of racism. It's like evasive. It's like Azazel in that movie um, Fallen with uh, Denzel Washington. So my point there is the Constitution doesn't say, hey, don't give the blacks the guns. It doesn't. State governments like North Carolina is an example I use all the time. They amended their state constitution to say, Basically, one with from like every free man can own a gun. I'm obviously paraphrasing to like every able-bodied white male can own a gun, right? So, but the state, whether that's on the federal level or, the, or you know, state meaning area, um, that legitimized that, um, and then it started to happen all across the country. So, but the irony is the framework, the the supreme law of the land, didn't word it that way. So it's it's a it's a trick bag. It's like layers, right? So, but then you have the conversation of okay, well, if the if the um, Constitution and the Bill of Rights didn't call for these things, then you would be able to fight some things all the way up to the you know national Supreme Court and get things corrected. But then in certain instances, it was applied improperly. Like the most famous example of the Supreme Court making the worst decision ever was the Dred Scott decision, True. you know? And so when you talk about systemic to someone that doesn't want to look at America's ugly history as it is, you know, there's great things and there's horrible things. Because it's elusive and if that person doesn't study enough, they don't really know what systemic means in that regard. To your point, 90% of the people saying it don't know what the fuck, you know, it's like it's like the Princess Bride. You keep repeating that word. I don't know you think, I don't think you think it means what you think it means. You know, um, so in that case, that's kind of like what we're dealing with in that regard. So we, you're, you're almost like telling somebody that is unaware and you're trying to share it with them. So then they make you feel like or attempt to make you feel like you just hate America. And that's not the case. The history of America is a part of America. Um, so that systemic portion of it, it absolutely was woven into very into the very early stages. Now, the some people would say. Well, it's not racist now because it encapsulates 
everybody, all ethnicities, right? And to that, usually I say stuff like, you know, if I was a, let's say if I was a black supremacist, right? And I was like, I hate, which is kind of backwards, but I'll give it this way, because I think white guys are getting beat up a lot now in the media. So I'll, I'll make it like towards me, right? Let's say I'm a black supremacist. And I say, I want to rape just primarily white women. Now, everybody, this is a paraphrase to illustrate a point. Yeah, careful, man. The fakertarians right. are on their way it's right a, now. Right. <laughs> Somebody will, like, chop that one part out and be like, my shit. Yeah. So let's say if I said I hate white people, but ironically, I want to, like, rape, rape white women, right? And then I start raping a bunch of white women. Then I get the bright idea to say, you know what? I think, even though I hate white people and white women, and I'm raping white women, I think that to solidify more power and, and domination, I'll start raping Asian women, I'll start raping Hispanic women, I'll st- just rape, just rape. I'll start raping white dudes. Everybody, everybody's gonna get raped. You wouldn't say, well, listen, I'm not racist. Then you would just go, you're racist and you're a shitbag. Right. You're racist and you're trying to utilize that to dominate other things. But that doesn't like, because I rape a different group of people, now I'm no longer racist. That's not like the fuck how it goes. Right. So when saying all of that to say, to illustrate a point, when something starts as racist, it impacts, it has the intended agenda. It impacts that particular demographic a certain way. And then it expands its want for control. It's still what it was. And especially when the outcome now, currently, however many hundred years later, it's still the same. The, the vast majority of people impacted by um, these so-called gun control laws, which are unconstitutional, which are in contradiction to the supreme law of the land, Second Amendment and the Bill of Rights. The people still impacted by that most negatively are black and brown people. So it's still doing the raping to the black people. But now it's just decided to rape a bunch of other people along with that. So now you you go from racist to also classist to also status to, to, to you know, and, it's, and I say status in the sense of we want to have the power. We don't want you to have the power. Explaining that in a nuanced way to someone that especially people that have a love for America has been some of the most difficult work because, you know, we've been in this space where taking somebody down the rabbit hole of a book that they've never read before and then kind of like giving them a crash course of how this is racist. And even if they're pro-gun, right, pro-Second Amendment, they still may say they're, 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 they're being attacked so much in media, especially white dudes attacked right now, um, that they're defensive to even the concept. So even our shirts that say make racist afraid again, White dudes are like, oh, man, you're going to make people think that as a white dude, I'm just I'm that that means all white dudes. No, the word racist has a fucking definition. What it means is a person that believes that another racial group is inferior or superior to another. The argument about, well, some people can't be racist because they don't have enough power. I don't agree with that. Like just because you can't rape somebody because you're weak doesn't mean you're not potentially a rapist or not don't have the thought of. Raping a motherfucker. So my point in saying all of this, without too many more rapey fucking analogies, right? <laughs> there goes my, my monetization's out the window, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 really showing showcasing people in a way like, look, there was a there is a way to recognize the ills of our on our nation's flag, the stains on that flag, without saying, hey, let's throw the whole flag and the whole country away, while defending against an agenda from entities outside and maybe even now inside our nation that wants to weaken and destroy the republic. We also got to acknowledge maybe if we weren't so involved in other people's shit internationally, maybe these people wouldn't be wanting to weaken and destroy the republic. So holding ourselves accountable to these things, including race and and the founding um, and the early and embryonic stages of this nation, acknowledging that while not being like, like this fake, like, oh, I'm white, so I have to like atone for the sins. Not like, not that extreme bullshit either. But having that and really treating people based on the principles that were written down. What was written and how it was applied was kind of like the bullshit. 
And since it was the bullshit, we have to correct that by being honest about it. Stop taking every um, honest critique and objective critique of our nation as saying that, you know, that person hates America. Or stop taking the things that happened in the past and acting like we haven't made some strides in the direction of trying to correct that. You know what I mean? All of those things are nuanced and balanced. And I fear that the general public doesn't read enough. And we've been, these, these sweatshop phones have made us very polarized to the extent that we don't really understand that um, someone giving you a constructive criticism is actually helping you. You know, so that's my view on the whole race thing. It's in regards to the guns, but it's actually it extends it extends outside of just the gun thing. Sure, yeah, I was and I was going to bring that up. So I, I talked about this with Scott Horton. It's good. I love Scott to death. I, I know you've you've got to meet Scott a bunch of times and stuff as well. He he laid it out in a way that was was crazy because I, I never thought about it like this. But the drug war, right, has has is really a war on the Second Amendment mm-hmm. because if they pick you up for drugs. And you have a gun on you. Now you got a federal charge, right? And and so the drug war. Is, so so I've always talked about the systemic race. To me, the systemic racism that exists in the United States today is uh, the definitely the 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 second the uh, the 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 tax on the Second Amendment, but also the drug war is one hundred percent was started for racist reasons. We could see it in the yeah. discrepancies between crack and and cocaine sentencing. I mean, you could still see it today. You know, as somebody, you know, I'm. I didn't grow up in one of the burbs like some of these other nice libertarians. I'm from right outside of Oakland, right? And and uh, and you're from Philly, so you get it. Like it's you know you could call it an inner city problem, but really, you know, we know who lives in the inner cities, you know. Mm-hmm. And so and so does the government. So do the people that right. make these laws, right? Right. So I mean, are you, you have the same? I'm sure you've had had the same view of the drug war as well, right? Mm. The drug war, you can't call it a war. True. Wars end. It's not a war. It's not a. It's it's a cute word to like villainize. It's like a, in 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 the media they do this thing called phantom attribute. Like they'll attribute this thing to like this phantom entity, right? So when someone's trying to like get me on a gotcha moment, usually when I do media, they'll say some shit like, "Well, some people would say." Th- I destroy that by going, I've never heard that. Who said that? Who told you that? Who said that? And they can't tell you who said that because it's a phantom attribute. It's the same thing with the war on drugs, the war on terror, the war on poverty, the war on COVID. Fuck out of here. A war is based on you motherfuckers violated our bodies or our property. Now you have to atone for that or we're going to shoot you. That's what a war is, whether that's the street, whether that's geopolitics, it's the same. Any other shit is some shit that you call in something to justify. We can't really go over there legitimately and we got to create a boogeyman. And we absolutely aren't going to get fucking Congress to vote majority and going over there in the first place like we're actually supposed to fucking do when we decide that we want to go to war. But the general public doesn't read and they've been isolated outside of civics. So. It's, it's an easy picking for them. It's, it's, it's smooth. It's what I call a beautiful ugly. So, yeah, I feel I feel that same way about the war on drugs. War, like, this is caffeine. It's coffee. It's a drug. There's white sugar in there. That shit is six times more addictive than fucking cocaine. It's in everything. Your body doesn't know, like, the government sanctioned this one. Your body's like, I'm addicted to fucking sugar now. You know what I mean? So they're very good. I mean, the people, your listeners will get it. They're very good at making something look like, oh, man, we got to get rid of this. When in reality, they're just, you know, funding shit, Iran-Contra type bullshit, like Poppy Fields. It's a story that damn near is since the beginning of time type shit. And that's why the, the, the people um, resonate with a libertarian message. That's why they work so hard to A, make sure that it's not in inner cities. B, because there's a high concentration of people that would get it if explained properly. And B, they put people in the libertarian movement to deliberately derail it. 
You know what I mean? And I, it's smart. I, I, it's, it's smart. I, when you're playing chess, when somebody make a good move, not only do you not let them know that it's a good move, but you also don't, like, knock the chessboard over. You just play, you just make your moves. So their moves are their moves, you know. Um, but, yeah, the war on drugs is a consensual agreement. It's, you know, when I sold tree and H and E and hard and soft and pills and whatever, or DVDs, pick your whatever, you happen to have the thing. I happen to have the money for the thing that you have that I want. You want the money that I have. I have the stuff that you have. That's a voluntary transaction. That's called fucking commerce. Sure. It doesn't become violent until the state says, oh, you motherfuckers. Can you imagine the wars that would happen in America if the Fed, if the government said coffee is oh. fucking unlawful now? Yeah, it would be insane. insane. More motherfuckers would die than religion. <laughs> no shit no shit people hey man i i my my fiance would be the first person out there taking on the government dude. there's no doubt she about would be strapped like what the fuck are you talking about i can't have coffee exactly. i will murder you over this coffee <laughs> she was she was she's we just uh so i i got another um uh super chat from bank switch tickler and at the end of it he said he hopes his, my kid's doing better my my six-month-old son had to have surgery today they found a bad hernia and stuff but she's upstairs laying with him uh, while you know we watch him breathe and stuff and make sure he's okay in recovery, and she's texting me like, "Did you make a pot of coffee before your show? I need coffee. Did you make? You know, like she would she would be nuts. She would be out there literally slaying fools <laughs> like like a barbarian. <laughs> it's a drug, and us as adults make decisions on which drugs we choose. Sure. And it's not just the stuff that you smoke or or shoot or ingest orally. It's the stuff that you watch. It's the shit you listen to. Things that you choose to be addicted to. It's a substance that is isolated from its actual being. Like, once I extract and refine white sugar from the sugar cane, it's now a drug, by definition. You know, so we can't let the state dictate to, like, maneuver themselves in a position of superiority. We're allowing them to shape the definitions of what we think is acceptable or not. And that's what the war on drugs is. To get to the other ultimate goal of, let's say war on drugs because drugs are bad. Okay, but I can smoke cigars. I got cigars right there. Like, that shit is fucking, that, those, there's a box of lung cancer right there that 100,000 people a year die from. But the state says this one's okay. We just have to make people understand that from a spiritual space, your choices and your liberties are your own. Sure. You know, and so the war on drugs and drugs included. And obviously, no, when you show and see the danger about that is the, the 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 drive for it would drop. Portugal did a great job over there with cutting down on violent crime by going like, look, y'all are on your own. Use drugs. We're not chasing you for the shit. We actually also aren't fucking helping you to the same extent. We'll help you a little bit, but we ain't got time for it. Violent crime drops. Like, damn near, like, fucking, like, I'm paraphrasing, it was, it was like, 80%. Yeah, almost, it was like, 70-something percent. Yeah, it was a lot. It was and, well, and the drug-induced the drug, uh, the drug -induced, uh, overdoses and deaths dropped by, like, over 50%, too, because people weren't afraid to go get help. America wants crime. Sure. You're, it's, it's America's drug. You're addicted to it. You want crime. All of them buildings downtown, 90% of them, are, they're fucking unnecessary. They're there to justify their own existence by crime. True. It's just it's just what it is. And I know we, you know, I sometimes think like the founding fathers to this nation, and obviously I'm in a bit of a, you know, like I still got this fucking alarm. <laughs> um, I don't want to disrupt the the thing, but you know, oh, we good, to try man. to figure out. Yeah, you're flowing. It's good. It's good. Um, I sometimes think like. Would the founding fathers, with their contradictions, if they, like, just woke up, like, like if Thomas Paine, like, forget the founding fathers, let's go to Thomas Paine, right? If Mame or George Mason, right? If they woke up right now and, like, we, they woke up at TSA at the airport <laughs> and somebody explained to them what that shit was, like, how would they, like, like want to just start shooting shit up right now? Real quick. Or would they be proud, you know, like... And it's a hypothetical, but I don't think that the general public really understands what freedom actually, like, means. I think that, you know, mass media, corporatized media, 
do a very good job of painting the picture of freedom as a symbol, not a substance. Right now, we got people arguing about the, the shorty that chose to like, not stand for the fucking national anthem. But they're not talking about the author of that fucking national anthem. Francis Keyes was a shitty dude. Right. Was a shitty dude that like owned humans, like literally went used his power to fight against abolitionist movements, which was freedom fighters. He used his power to fight against that. Was mad when black people in America that were captives at the time, when the British was like, yo, bro, if you can escape and come over here, we'll give you land if you fight. Wrote that third verse and then get mad that people don't that may know about that third verse don't want to celebrate it. That doesn't mean that you don't. That doesn't mean that you hate America or the opportunities that you know honestly have afforded us. It just means you know like some of the bullshit in the past was bullshit. I don't think that the general public studies enough to recognize how much that shit is intertwined from a legislative, cultural, and social perspective now me the information about it is what allows me to not be restricted by it you know what i'm saying so i go like oh yeah that's the thing cool as long as you don't really like try to like impart that shit on me cool you're welcome to think that way but i don't think the general public really really gets how much that was intertwined and i didn't even talk about going all the way back you could fast forward all the way up to fucking redlining like the civil rights movement was in the 60s bro that was like 50 60 years ago like you know we can't my grandmother just passed a few months ago right she was almost a hundred my grandmother wasn't able to participate fully as an american citizen for a vast portion of her life like and i think that the general public doesn't really study that in america the corporatized media makes it look real symbolic not understanding somebody actually fighting for freedom. If you want to shoot heroin, I think it's stupid. But it's also not my body. Right. I'm also going to inform you if you're around me, yo, bro, drink some water. Yo, bro, let's go to the gym. Yo, bro, you let, get, get some salad. You know what I'm saying? But if you, in your heart of hearts, with your property, want to shoot heroin, I don't think the same state that sanctions smoking cigars and other things, liquor... I don't think they are the moral authority to determine what you can or cannot put in your body. And so informing people is how we win that culture war to make people start making different decisions. And I know, you know, I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but no, all of these like things it. are absolutely connected. You Ta know what I mean? Yeah. The tangents are great, man. That's what, that's what break the cycle is all about, man. Just, just relax it and tell like it is. Uh, we do got some super chats though, that I want to, I want to address. We got a uh, bang switch tickler in the same one when he, he talked about hoping my kid was doing better. He said, uh, Maj, every time I rock a black guns matter shirt to the range, people ask where they can buy it. So I'm hoping, mm -hmm. I'm hoping you're selling a ton in Colorado and New Mexico. Yeah. BlackGunsMatterShop.com. Just go get it. Uh, Top Lobster, the the man who does all the art on the show. He's the one that drew, drew you like Malcolm X. I don't know if you. Yeah. That that was a pretty. I did see it. That was a dope one. Uh, that was. He said Maj came to Brooklyn two years ago with Hotep Jesus to talk liberty and guns. Thank you for that. Something that needs to be talked about more over here. Uh, let's see. Uh, MD says next time have a crypto address ready to go. Pleb, use half for coffee for the fi fiance and use the other half for a Black Guns Matter shirt for your son because he's a fighter. Yes, I agree. Salute. Salute. Uh, Kenneth Calhoun says I appreciate the work, gents, and I'm looking forward to locally funded nukes and F-15s. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I got a flamethrower like a couple of years ago, bro. I seen this commercial, and it was like a Joe Biden thing. It was like. You can't, dude stays saying some wrong shit about the Second Amendment. But anyway, he was like, you can't have a flamethrower. And it was like, er, you can't have a flamethrower. And it was like, it was <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. So, yeah, like all of that nukes, fucking cannons, all of that shit. I'm was, here for it. Was it the Tesla? Was it the uh, the, the Elon no, Musk one? No, it was, it's called Throw Flame. I think the website is throwflame.com. Oh man, I'm... they're they're not a sponsor. They didn't pay me to say that. Nice. Well, I, I now now that I live somewhere where it snows, you know, I'm from from the Bay Area, and uh, it doesn't snow where I'm from. And now I live in right. I I live in Iowa now, uh, where mm. we deal with a lot of snow. And I'm like, you know, it might be better to just get a flamethrower and just melt the snow on my driveway every every week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I use it for. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, we can have pretty much. We just passed constitutional carry here. Have you, have you uh, worked at all with the Tenth Amendment Center on their their uh, their pushes for constitutional carry? And no, stuff like I haven't. And my guy Pete Pete Brownell is over there at Iowa too. Oh, Huge yeah. shouts to him. He's been and Brownells have been very supportive of Black Lives Matter from the very beginning. But no, I haven't yet. A lot of that part of the country, because not all, but a lot of parts of that country of the country in that area have um they didn't have the same concentration of like at that time when we started BGM, that same level of attack. Right? We our goal was like go 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 to areas where there was the like the most worst gun control first. Sure. Then start going, you know what I mean? So like New Mexico, Utah, we we did a few in Arizona, but Arizona's generally good on guns, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, we're gonna be in South Dakota next month. Actually, shit, in a couple of weeks now at this point for Freedom Fest, right? Yeah, yep. I might drive. Yep. I might drive up there for that because I'm only like five hours away, four and a half, five hours away now. So mm. I might make it up there for that, man. Uh, let's see. Level zero says Maj is a is a badass speaking the truth. He's got away with analogies. Yes, sir. Uh, and a lot of people are saying Maj for VP in 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 the chat, man. What's up with that? I don't know. Shouts to my man Mike. Mike been pushing that. <laughs> uh, Mike Height. Oh yeah. I was. I think I'm on. To be honest, man, I think I'm going to retire, like, after this year. That's what you were talking You were talking about that. What's that mean for you, man? It means learning how to grow food and do basic dude stuff, like Pat McNamara would be saying on the gram. I mean, uh, uh, Pat Matt, right? Um, so, at a certain point, so we raised and gave away a bunch of money, which is a small amount of money when you think about it. The car that I want costs, like, $300,000. If we raise 428, 400 or whatever, in the bigger scheme of things, we, we made a lot happen with pennies. And I'm not saying that in the arrogant space because I know people are struggling. So, like, I'm not saying that 400, almost a half a million dollars is, like, something to sneeze at because um, I, I don't want to come off arrogant ever. Um, with that being the case, though, there are people and companies that do way less with a whole lot more money. Like their their catering budget for a year is like a half a million dollars type shit. True. Um but at a certain point if and, and even in doing the right thing with the bread, right? It can't be you can't reverend Jesse Jackson the shit. You can't Sean King the shit. It ain't it ain't um we're not supposed to get rich off this shit. Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. My my money is not in any way, shape, or form tied to Black Guns Matter. Um, and I think I think that's commendable. I think that more people should strive to. Um, after a while, we always talk about term limits, right? In Congress which I don't know if is necessarily a, will solve the problem. Because what if you get, like, a great fucking person and then term limit and you get a shitty person? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that, that plays a part in my head, at least, in that process. But anyway, um, if the people don't want it anymore after a while, if you, you know, you've hit these goals and kept doing it, and if the people don't want it by not, like, galvanizing, then I got to step off. And I got to, like, buy some land and grow some fruit the, the best example of it that I give all the time is, like, when Thanos accomplished his goal, he just went to another planet and, and like, just was growing food. And just was, like, you know, he had his fucked up arm. They blew his arm off and shit, and he was just growing food. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm attracted to that. I'm attracted. I did a 72-hour hour course, a few like, a month or two ago with uh, a survival course with my man I killed from Taylor Defense Training Group. 
and just being in nature, like sleeping outside for three days, no phone, no, no. You got to procure your own food and water. You know, you got to create your own temporary living shelters. You got your, you know, just got your gun, your rifle, you know, your sleeping bag and your, your rucksack. There's something beautiful about that and that peace and um, just really detaching. If you want to talk about a revolution, to not buy into the system is the biggest revolution. Sure. And for me, that's what that looks like. I want to re-enlist in Black Guns Matter as a leader. If we hit our goal, I will for four more years. I've been very clear about that for like two years now. But if we don't hit the goal, I think I've done enough. I've put my time in and I want to go like grow food and learn carpentry and learn electrician shit and plumbing. Like we always ask of people what like, you know, guys are like, well, can, the, can she cook clean? Can she do all of these wifely things? Can you build her a house? Sure. You know, so I want to be like if like Rihanna shows up and is like, can you build me a house? I can go. I sure can build you a house, baby. <laughs> Riri, you know baby, that's your girlfriend, man. I know. Right. I, I you fo- know what I'm I've been following. I've been following your uh, your your uh, your love affair with her, man, for a while. It's kind of mm-hmm. funny. That's my boot thing. But you know, it's just it's just now now if everybody's like, because I said, you know, if we get this million million dollars is a lot of money to like to give away. This remaining. Uh, $75,000 will go to the remainder of this year's courses as well as um, a lot of the things that we have going on in regards to the Solutionary Center that we're opening in Philly. And then that other remaining $500,000, we buy the building outright. I've been, at this point, I think people understand that I've been a good steward over their donations. True. You know, anytime anybody see me, you ain't seen me showing up with like a Rolex you know what I mean? These are things that I like. I like a Bentley Continental GT. I think it's an amazing vehicle. But right now, it's it's not time for that for me. Um, but if but if we don't hit that number, I'm a, you know, a Black Guns Matter will exist in the app. Um, people can still have access to all of the people that I know. Um, I'll still probably like chop it up with people here and there. But like, I wanna I wanna like really do, cause if this if this shit goes the way that it's going, man, like I saw a video. But this dude, I haven't, I don't speak like Chinese, so I, I'm not really, or Mandarin to be more politically correct. So I don't really know if what was being said on the screen or the, or the, the uh, uh, captions were accurate or not. But what the caption said was basically, you know, China could overtake America by 2027, you know. Now, some of that's karma because we haven't dealt with some of the biggest atrocities that America, we've, we've done. We've done internationally and to our own countrymen and women over time. That's just the reality. That does not mean that I hate America. That doesn't mean that I'm a, a, a like a, a fucking leftist plant here to like, no, that's me saying like, yo, if you want to engage people that feel this way, you have to be honest about that. Right. Um, but how, 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 how fucking like bad would I feel if like I'm not prepared for a major attack and, your money won't fucking matter then. Like the the dollar crypto showing you exactly what the fuck was happening with that dollar. You know what I'm saying? So like I'm pretty much inflation proof on that regard. However, you know, imagine not being able to provide if it gets back to like germs and steel type shit. True. You know, and and I, I would I would be a little I would be a little bit disheartened with myself. So, like, if, if we can knock some of this energy off with people supporting that way, and I'll re-enlist. But if not, I want to take the time to learn how to, you know, basic dude stuff. Yeah. Or things that now aren't really necessarily identified as basic dude stuff, but it is. And uh, so that's kind of what that looks like for me. And I know people are like, nah, you just saying that. I'm absolutely not. Um, if anybody notices, I've been falling back off of as much gun advocacy over the last few months and been like talking about homesteading and fucking homeschooling and all of that type of shit, man. I think it's power in that. It's not the type of power that's, it's not sexy. Like farmers are like the coolest dudes to me. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's not sexy. It's not like like firemen that like really their job is actually to save lives when they get a call, right? That's not portrayed as sexy. And I think, you know, paramedics, Dudes that, like, will save your cousin's life when everybody else is screaming and pulling out their phones because a shooting happened. I don't think people really get how impactful that is. So I want to learn some of that type of stuff. So 
I'll put some of my personal shit wants to the sides if the people go, no, we want you in this position. I actually, my work and the job that we've created with Black or the organization and the work that and jobs that we've created around Black Guns Matter have been centered around legit working for the people. They said, we want you to keep going. I was like, all right. They said, we want you to go some more. All right. And we kept sitting, hitting these goals. And then when I said, I literally made a tweet and made a poll and was like, yo, should we raise the goal to a million dollars? And should we buy a building outright so we have a building that we own that people can come learn this type of stuff from a holistic perspective for free forever? People said yes. Now, I did my part. I did everything I said I was going to do. You know? Um, now it's up to the people. And they people have to understand that you also vote with your dollar and where you put your support and your energy. And if they want it, then cool. If they don't, then cool. You know? And then somebody else may take the spot and may take it to the next level and all of that, and you pass the baton, and then I could just be Thanos without destroying half of the population. Right? <laughs> sure. You know what I'm saying? But, like, just be Thanos, just growing a powerful being, just growing a sw- I can actually be a warrior in a garden, you know? Sure. No, that's uh, that's my biggest plan, and it's actually, it's cool living in Iowa now. It's like, I mean, you could buy a farm here, man, for very cheap, very cheap. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, I never really thought about that when I was in California. It was like, I always wanted a farm, but he- you can't buy a farm in California unless you have family that owns a farm and is leaving it to you. That's pretty much the only way you can buy a farm in California at this point. So coming to Iowa and finding places where you can buy like five acres for, you know, 60 grand, 50 grand, you're right. like, what the hell? You know, it's pretty cool right. stuff. But, uh, that's definitely one of my goals as well. Eventually I'll get there. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the podcast will take me there, but I, I I've been very blessed. I, I got into trade work when I was like, 15 years old i've been doing it on and off for 23 years and uh still in the trades and so uh i know that when that when that when it comes to that time i got what it, i got what it takes Marshall. you can come hang out with, with us in iowa man i got your back you know right what I mean? be uh, over in iowa getting growing food and building shit yeah and you're already used to the cold snow because you live you live in, in philly man it gets cold there mm, that's what i'm also trying to get the fuck away from <laughs> yo when i say one of our last, our final classes of the winter was in Minneapolis, right? And, and you know, we took the RV and whatever. It was negative 11 degrees. Oh, yeah. I drove when I was talking, because it was the last class, and I was talking to people back home in Philly and was like, yo, bro, what's the temperature there? They was like, yo, it's 30 degrees. They was like, it's cold. I'm like, I, I take that 30 degrees over this negative 11 any day. I literally drove from Milwaukee. I stopped twice to go to the bathroom and straight through to Philadelphia for like to, to, to bask in 30 degree temperatures. I'm trying to get away from that cold shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I moved to it from the, from the warm weather, man. And, and it's, it was brutal. It was my first year. We had a couple of days, negative 30 and I was just like, mm. Oh dude, I don't know how I'm going to get through it, man. But it's a nice, they got nice warm weather here too. You just got to get through that, you know, three months of winter. That's rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got some more, Super chats. Thank you, Will J, for the super chat, man. I appreciate you. Craig uh, Daughtry, who's a big fan of yours and and a really good friend of mine here in Iowa, he says, love Maj, great podcast. Hashtag Black Guns Matter. Yes. Uh, Shannon Lee, thank you for the shout out. She said, have y'all talked with the King Randall, the ex for boys? He's doing amazing stuff for black youth of Albany or Albany, Georgia. Both of you could join forces. Are you familiar with uh, Randall? Yeah, that's my homie. He's going to be at the Solutionary Summit. Cool, cool. Um, the Solutionary Summit is in Miami in September, September the 3rd through the 5th. We got him, uh, him. we got Larry Sharp, we got um, um, Angela Stanton King, we got Royce the 5'9", we got Dr. Boyce Watkins, we got Tone Trump, we got uh, Sonny Johnson, we have I, I sent Eric July a, a message. I, he didn't get back to me. He sucks at messages. He's the like, worst, he's dude. Like, he's the worst. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we just trying to get a, a smorgasbord of people yet. Yeah, but King Randall's doing some great work over there. Huge shouts to him. Um, got a building, you know, teaching those young people. Same thing. Tra- how do you change oil? Like how do you fix the tire? Like basic dude stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm familiar with that. He's a good brother. He's a real good brother. So to, to, to my experiences with him have, have led me to believe he's a really good brother. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And uh, you bring up the solutionary summit. That's something I want to talk about too. You've been talking about so, the solutionary thing for a long time. Uh, you called that your followers and supporters solutionaries. What, what is the solutionary summit? What, what are you going for there? What is your, your, uh, your, your outcome, your intended we outcome? We just want people from all different political backgrounds 
to be able to hash out issues, have civil dialogue, and everybody there to leave with a solution. We want businesses that are more free market um, to come represent themselves. We want them to come make themselves available um, to, we got packages for that. You come just set up a little quick booth, something small. You ain't gotta, it don't have to be this whole huge thing. Come to Miami in September when it's cold and a lot of other places, come be warm. Um, and just talk, you know, have these thought provoking um, and to be perfectly honest, a bit jarring conversations um, at, uh, about things that are impactful for our communities. Um, I, I, I invite everybody from all political backgrounds, but a lot of times, you know, some of my friends that's more on the left, they don't they don't really stand up and aren't willing to defend their views in rooms full of conservatives or libertarians or independents. Um, in my experience, and and you know, inviting them to the summit. Um, and I, I wish more of them would do that. But a lot of times, it's, you know, it's just like anything. It's easy to just tweet it. But then when you got to stand on those ideals in front of people and articulate them without looking like a fool, you know, you, you bitch up. It's like it's like Brandon Tatum. Super bitched up. When I was like, yo, you talking all of this shit. Like, I got a hundred grand on me. And you you can get your other little man, um, Bryson, and y'all can come debate me Oxford style, not alive, yelling over each other on live. Uh, uh, actual debate has rules, you know, winners and clear losers. And I want my wins solidified. True. You know what I mean? And so, um, but they don't, they don't ever want to do that. They just want to argue on social media. And I don't really have time for that shit. But the, the summit itself, something like that would be something where we could have that debate. And then after we disagree or agree or one of us wins, after I win, then we can like, you know, have a drink or you can leave or chop it up. I think that, a part of winning that culture war is rem remembering that someone can disagree with you on 20% of the issues and agree with you on 80% of them. You're not going to like destroy the whole thing because of the 20%. You know what I mean? And so I think getting back to that, we've allowed media, especially social media, to seriously polarize us. To serious, and we see it, me stepping back from the elephant and like looking back at the whole elephant, I'm like, well, damn, we're all doing this in all of these political so-called factions. And if you just look backwards, the founding fathers to this place, again, with their contradictions, dudes was like, hey, guys, don't do like, like the party thing. Like, it'll make, it'll, it'll make it like a gang mentality. You know what I mean? And it has. And so the summit aims to break that. The summit aims to have people that may disagree. And a lot of times behind the scenes, I'll try to get people together that I know have issues. You know what I mean? I, I said I said a few days ago on Twitter, you know, um, about, you know, to Sarwark, I was like, look, bro, like, I checked you. You you handled it. We moved on. Let's figure out how we can get some work done for, for liberty. But some, some sometimes you got to accept that that's their freedom to not want to as well. True. No matter what they say and their actions are the opposite, they have the freedom to be contradictory. Freedom and solutions um, may not necessarily go hand in hand. What I mean by that is, Someone's freedom to be counterproductive is their freedom, but counterproductivity is not in alignment with an actual solution. So this summit, um, it's our second year doing it. Yes, year, last year we did it in the, you know, in the height of uh, so-called COVID, um, just to see if we could get it off. We got it off and we, you know, we were concerned about maybe the, the venue might get scared, but they didn't. We kept it under there. We, you know, we followed their rules outside of like the mask thing. Nobody, like, if you wanted to wear one, you could, but sure. I didn't fucking wear one, you know. And so, um, this in Florida, DeSantis has been kind of like, look, bro, we open, fuck that, you know what I mean? And so, um, it's just creating the space for people to dialogue, and then at the end of the dialogue, come up with you know solutions that work together. The solutionary lifestyle is it consists of three parts. You know, first being empathy. Because uh, if if you a person doesn't think that you give a fuck, they're not listening anyway, right? Um, the second being facts. Once they know that you care and have expressed empathy, you guys can then express facts because facts are very cold. If you don't have some warmth first to melt some of that cold feeling of facts, it could, it could be counterproductive. And then we come up with the solution together, you know, and, and I'm not attacking you because you on the left. Everybody's everything at certain points, uh, let's like an economy, a mixed economy is the flyest shit. If you make your free market money and decide to put
put some of it voluntarily to a social program for people that have not been as successful financially in the free market, there's a form of social voluntarism and free market right there. No government needed in that regard. You know what I mean? So um, it's just showing people how to get back to that conversation and respect for um, your position, figuring out where whatever your other freedoms that you participate in don't matter as much as can we come up with a solution that's beneficial for the most of us while violating nobody else's individual liberties. And I think that some people will say, well, do you need a whole fucking summit to do that? Yeah, because we got like decades of like c conditioning to the opposite True. of like, if you're not fucking in lock and step with the party line on every single thing, then fuck you. And that's not working. That's I mean, you look outside or at least look at how media is portraying it. You know, it's not it's, it's not it's not the most effective thing. Um, and we saw that in this 2016 and 2020 election. You know, we saw I can critique Trump. Can, I was critiquing Trump on his Second Amendment issue because I thought he was weak when he presented himself as a Second Amendment dude. Um, but it wasn't there. Uh, but I could also commend him outside of some, some key areas like the tariffs. Right. Um, I could say, like, no, I could see how he was good for the economy or good for business. He's a business dude. So I can understand on different levels. But I'm not, don't 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 get me to like start lying and act like, you know, um, on either side. Don't make me seem like he was an extreme warmonger like other presidents have been because he was like one of the only dudes that didn't necessarily get us in a war. They didn't start any new wars. Didn't start. Right. Say it that way. Yeah. Didn't start any new wars. But I don't think he was in North, you know, North Korea just because he thought it was cool. I think he was over there also selling some fucking and some some fucking fighter planes and sure. shit. You know what I mean? So that level of being objective and finding out where we can still find a solution if you think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread or if you think, I don't know how you think Biden is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but if you think that, okay, locally, how can, how can we figure out some stuff that work? And that's what the Solutionary Summit is all about. Sure, sure. All right, so we're getting close to this thing. I want There's three more things I want to address. One of them is going to be quick. I want to know uh, your your very quick uh, words for David Chipman. Eat a dick. <laughs> yes, that's all we need. That's all we need to say. Eat a dick. Yeah. Eat all the dicks. <laughs> suck all the dicks and, and get out. Uh, okay. Uh, spit them out like edamame shells. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, let's see what was the next one I was going to go for. Uh, shit, I don't remember. Uh, but anyways, so leading out of this thing, I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, uh, last year. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. Um, when you really started kind of fucking with the Libertarian Party a little bit, uh, and mm -hmm. and I know I know that the the Mises Caucus was a big influence in, in that direction for you. You've worked a lot with Michael Heiss. There's good people in the Mises Caucus, so I'm a member of the Mises Caucus. Why I ran for chair twice, but uh, we had a big donor in the party who you told you told to eat a dick, and and yeah. and every every little suburban Lily wuss in the Libertarian Party uh, lost their minds over it. I didn't because I'm. Yeah. from a neighborhood that's like that i mean that's that's right. that's literally how we talk to each other. that's how we talk to our friends you know? right in philly in philly we fuck around with when we our greeting was like sup dickhead what you doing like it's a it's like come on it's not it's not a fight those aren't fighting words yeah and that's well and that's where i wanted to go with that i wanted i because okay so after after this show's over we're gonna end this stream and then start the members only stream. So if you're a member of the channel, you'll get uh you'll you'll get to watch it live. If you're a member of the Patreon or the subscribe star, you'll get to see it tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. Um, but we're gonna go in there. And we're gonna talk shit about bitch ass libertarians is what we call them. But that's why I want this to lead into it. Yeah. You know, you you really took a lot of shit from people who were really upset with you over over you saying this to this one guy. But I mean, yeah, explain it. Like this is this is normal talk, man. Well, that and. It wasn't a lot of shit. It was internet talk. Sure. It, it didn't affect my life. Like, in like, some of my friends are like, did 20 years in the military and have PTSD, legit. They were exposed to a type of war that I've never seen, and I hope I never do. Firemen, again, paramedics are exposed to potential death daily, and they're saving life. They're going through some stress. Sure. Some people that can't fight or never been punched in the face saying stuff, 
like you can't even like like I I have like black privilege like I have like American privilege I have like white privilege like you can't even like Louis C.K. is one of my favorite comedians and he made this joke where he was like you can't even hurt my feelings like you can't like and he said in the joke he said what are you gonna do call me a cracker He's like, oh, reminding me to a time where white people owned people and like land. Ruined my day. Now, it was funny to me because I like dark humor, right? Sure. But it was the truth to that was like, like these guys saying this shit, that shit, that that shit wasn't hard at all. Right. That shit was like, if anything, it helped. It helped the movement. Right. It helped prove what I was saying the whole time. Like, yo. Operation Toughen Up Libertarians. Like, we are the... Sm- like, libertarians, even the guys that I disagree with, or s- that I don't think are tough enough, they're really smart on certain levels. They're not wise, and they may not have the best social skills and, and how to implement that to people that are outside of their circle. But, like, knowing history and knowing the liberty, those dudes are smart, and those women are smart. They're intimidated by having to deal with people from my demographic that when shared what the libertarian concept are is will not allow certain levels of passive aggressive or disrespect. It's difficult when you've created a bubble of people that are absolutely going to respect your version of the non-aggression principle. Where in our world, in Oakland, in Philly, your words are a form right, wrong, or indifferent, how you say something to somebody is a form of violation of the non-aggression principle. I may not agree with that, but the people that will understand liberty that will toughen the party up, you're going to have to reevaluate how you come at those people. (laughs) And so because of that, that presents a difficulty for this nice, complete little bubble that you've created for yourself because you're smart. And, and, And libertarians respect smarts. You know, so... I understand the reason why um, that was there. I think the dude, I don't know, like somebody told me I heard like dude actually was gay or something like that. And I didn't say eat a dick like as like a slur. It was like, no, like not like a homosexual slur. It was more like, fuck out of here. Like, you know what I mean? And so that's good. That's good, man. A lot of the people that, um, like, they thought, like, saying stuff was going to make me, like, not do stuff. True. You know, or if I said something, I was going to stand, I wasn't going to stand on it. And I am. If I tell you to eat a dick or fuck you in, on Twitter, I'm going to say that to you in real life, in your face, and I'm going to check you on that. And the problem is the same people that say, oh, we don't fight with our hands, we fight with our words. Two things. One, they're not really equipped to really have that conversation with their words in real life, and like, in real time. Um, and you in this world, some people will not give a fuck about your value system. They won't. They don't have to. That is another part of freedom. The the wiser of us in that regard, firemen. Yeah. Um, the wiser of us in that regard know how to still figure out how to maneuver in that space and are strong enough to if it go left, I can defend myself. True. But, but that doesn't mean that, like, Mize is going to bring in the goon squad that's going to just be slapping everybody around just because Mize said so. No, it's your actions in the real world, the stuff, the stuff that you say or tweet has consequences. And some people value that as you violate and they, uh, you create, initiate an act of aggression towards them. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That's how they view it. So it was good, and I've seen people get tougher. I've seen the people that were just throwing those throwing stones and hiding their hands. I've seen other people go like, well, damn, bro, maybe maybe there's some truth to that. So this was all necessary. There's a great movie called The Last Samurai um, with Tom Cruise, and he gets kidnapped, and then he winds up being a samurai or some shit. And um, when he's talking to the, to, to the, you know, the leader that had initially had him captive and then he wound up learning, he would meditate in like this, um, by this tree with all of these like lotus flowers. And then when he was dying at the end, because the the phrase was, you know, meditating under a lotus flower, you know, a man could look for the perfect lotus flower for his entire life, never seeing a perfect one, 
and it wouldn't be a life wasted because, you know, and then when he was dying, he looked up at the lotus flowers and he was like, oh, he had a realization like, oh, they're all perfect. They're all perfect. So this, this, this seeming chaos that I in no way, shape or form was moved by, like that shit was great for the movement. It was great. It articulated a point that I don't think the Mises caucus or Mike could have explained more clearly than like, look, look, look what there's, you know, and they're doing, they did did the same thing with Hotep Jesus. They did the same, they do the same thing with Eric July. And they're looking like the fools. And I don't think that a lot of them are like racist because I'm not really keen on throwing that word at people, you know, but what it does is it shows like you guys have a bias. Maybe it's, maybe it's not black dudes. Maybe it's just urban dudes. Maybe it's the urban culture. You're not fucking black. So it's like, if they have an issue with you, it's, yeah, maybe because he has a different, you know, take on things from a tougher place and the things that you're, you know, triggered by, that shit, man, bro, like, people have tried to murder me. Like, that shit, anything outside of that, everything else just sounds like loud music at best to me. You know, so like, nah, that shit was good. I'm glad they did that. I'm glad, I hope they continue to do it. Because people watching that's not saying nothing are going like, Nah, something's not right there. And they're going towards the caucuses that are more supportive of um, subcultures, for lack of a better term, without pandering. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And and I think the Mises caucus does a good job of that. You know what I mean? And that's just that's not because Mike's my homie. It's because I'm paying attention and I watch, you know, and I I may not know all of the terminology, but the, you know, when you start getting everything that down to that lowest common denominator, a lot of things are exactly the same. So I, I love that it, it went that way. It actually helped a whole lot. Hell yeah, man. I agree. I, and and I, I, I can totally see it, brother. So, hey, why don't you let all these people know where they can find you, support you, all that good stuff, man? Yeah, man. Just um, social media at Maj Toure, M-A-J-T-O-U-R-E. Um, I, I have two YouTube channels. I'm going to start talking more politics and um, just viewpoints and stuff like that on youtube.com forward slash Maj Toure. That only got like 400 subscribers. I made it like a decade ago and just never used it. Um, but the more the, the more populated one is youtube.com forward slash uh, Black Guns Matter. If you want to support the work, man, on all of the platforms, you can get to you know the websites. But, um, you know, donate, gofundme.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. I want everybody, everybody to come to the Solutionary Summit. We need more libertarians coming True. to Miami for the Solutionary Summit. It's, it Right now, it's real heavy on the right, but it's a lot of Republicans and conservatives. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying a better thing is it more Florida-based, especially, so it's less travel, right? But if you from anywhere in the country, you want to set up a booth at the Solutionary Summit, email us, solutionarylifestyle at gmail.com. Um, and that's it, man. And if you're going through something outside of all of that support, buy some merch. Yeah, great. T-shirts is 25 bucks. Cool, no doubt. Um, but outside of that, man, if you're going through something, you know, if you're having an issue in the libertarian world, there's a conflict. Even if the conflict is with somebody that you think that I disagree with, and if you just need an ear, you need to chop it up, email me, majtoure at gmail. Like, if you're going through some shit, you ready to murder somebody. My friend uh, about a month ago, murdered himself and burned down his family's home you know what i mean i wish he would have fucking called me True. you know what i mean so if you're going through something if you're a vet and you came to this libertarian a lot of libertarians are libertarians because they did some time in the military and they like this is some bullshit you know what i mean if you're going through that there's 22 vets i'm against the war state but I, ironically seemingly ironically i support those vets that that initially probably joined for they got conditioned they believe something, you know what I mean? But in seeing things, um, vets are com- committing like 22 suicides a day, you know? So if you're going through something, man, email me. I'll send, you know, send me your number. Let's chop it up. Because I-, I would rather hear your bullshit that you're going through than read your fucking obituary. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where everybody can get with me. 
All right, Mosh. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. For you guys who are watching, if you're a member of the YouTube channel, uh, which you can join by hitting join under any of our videos, uh, Maj, when as soon as this, this stream is over, Maj and I are going to go into a private members-only stream to talk shit about Nicholas Sarwark for several minutes, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then if you're a, patr a patron through Patreon or a subscribe star, then uh, you will get that video maybe later tonight or tomorrow morning. Either way, I will make sure that you guys get it. Maj, you are amazing, man. I really appreciate all the work you're doing. I will see you soon. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. Yep, you too. All right, guys, another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. You guys rule. Thank you so much for checking it out. Maj is just the coolest guy. Go support him. Let's get him to that goal, guys. Why not, right? Uh, check out our sponsors at Lorenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs. Uh, bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Of course, toplobster.com, my partner in Break the Cycle, the coolest dude you know when it comes to graphic design. Check out this awesome Epstein Didn't Kill Himself shirt. You can get hundreds and hundreds of other great designs over there at uh, toplobster.com. And if you become a patron or a subscribe star, or now if you do join a membership of the channel, I will get you in the Discord server. That means you will get Top Lobster's new designs uh, weeks before they go out to the general public at a 30% discount. So you're getting some pretty dope swag, really cheap, awesome shirts for like 12 to 15 bucks, uh, great sweatshirts, backpacks, hats, all that great stuff. And executive producers of the show, Anthem Planning, for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today, see what they can do for you or your business. They're doing something the government sucks at much more efficiently and definitely cheaper coming up on the show guys uh tomorrow i'm going to have the most controversial man on the internet jeremy kaufman the man behind the libertarian party of new hampshire's tweets uh also the creator of odyssey library and a big hand in the pork pork fest he's going to be awesome uh on what's today tuesday so thursday i'm gonna have patrick kirby the creator of uh, Max Justice on. He's super cool guy, man. Uh, if you haven't watched Max Justice, go check it out on YouTube. It's a web series about a superhero that blows up heads. It's really cool. Uh, and then Friday, my homie Buck Johnson's going to be on from Counterflow. I'm super stoked for that. He's actually the first guy I ever interviewed for this show back when it was just an uh, audio podcast. He's changed. Things have come a long way. It's going to be a good show. Guys, I will see you tomorrow night for the episode with Jeremy Kaufman. If you're a member of this channel, Go find the new link. It's on my feed. Uh, I posted it yesterday and again tonight uh, so that you can watch Maj and I talk some shit about Nick Sarwark and bitch-ass libertarian. It's going to be a good time. But until then, uh, make sure you guys break the cycle. Due to legal reasons, I just have to explain The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain A violent call to action in the verse and refrain But I just can't in Minecraft The helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do So any violence you commit, I am not an excuse Because I just can't in Minecraft Lord Chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold Accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing, I mean, you know it Don't try to get us, get you close to COVID Holy shit, I think I'm a pro